Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. You don't need to fight the battle. You know, I'm learning on my journey with Christ that a lot of the battles that I face, I don't need to fight. More often than not, God's just simply saying to me when I come up against something, you don't have to fight this battle, John. I'm sure most of us, or certainly hopefully, a few of us would know about the story of King Jehoshaphat. Is that how you say it? Jehoshaphat. Tend to your neighbor and say Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. What a name. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. He was a king many years ago, and he got a bad report. Who, who this morning here has had a bad report? He got a really bad report. And when he got the bad report, depending on which version of the Bible you read, there was, he was alarmed according to the NIV Bible. So when you've got a bad report, have you ever been alarmed? Yeah? According to the New Living Translation, he was terrified. Have you ever been terrified? When you get a bad report. Have you ever feared, according to the English, uh, sorry, to God's word? Have you ever feared when you've got a bad report? Come on. Have you ever feared when you've got a bad report? English Standard Version says, he was afraid. Have you ever been afraid? Do you get the picture? When the king got his bad report, he was terrified. But what did he do when he got the bad report? When he, when he was terrified, when he was fearful, when he was panicking, no doubt, he chose to seek the face of God. So when King Jehoshaphat got his, his bad report, he was afraid. So what did he do? He got all his people together and he sought the face of the Lord. And when the Lord came to him, guess what the Lord said to him? Because he thought he was about to face this battle that was much bigger than him. There were three armies coming up against him. And he thought, this is bad. It doesn't look good. I don't know how I'm going to fight this fight. I don't know what's going to happen. I am fearful of what I'm about to face. I know that these three armies will completely destroy us. They will overtake us. They will overrun us. This is not good, God. We seek after you. We put aside everything else and we just look to you today. What what do we do, God? We don't know what to do. We're afraid. We're discouraged. What do we do, Lord? And the Lord turned around and said, You're not to fight this battle. And the king and his people obeyed God. And because they obeyed God, God took care of the rest. It's amazing that happens, isn't it? When we obey God, God takes care of the rest. And what's really good about the end of this story, it ends really well. Who likes a good ending to a story? I, 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 what an assurance this morning that I know the end of my life when, I, when my body dies is not the end of it. The story keeps going. It's just the beginning of something great because I know I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with my Savior. But this, this story ends really well. The Bible tells us that when, when the king obeyed God... God went to work in the three invading armies 
and they turned against each other and they wiped each other out. And all the Israelites had to do was go to where they were fighting. And when they arrived, every single person was dead. And there was all the spoils of war for the Israelites to come and collect. How cool is that? See, if we can just learn to trust God, if we can obey God when he says, no, the battle's not yours, you and I can enjoy the spoils of the victory. How cool is that? 2 Chronicles 20, 17 says this, you will not have to fight this battle. Listen to this. This is a word for somebody this, here this morning. I honestly believe there is somebody here this morning that needs to hear this sermon and they need to know that this word is for you this morning. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm and see the, del- the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. This is a word for somebody here this morning. You do not have to fight this battle. Don't believe the lie that you need to fight every battle that you face. You know, the devil just loves it when we get all mad and head up about something and believe that we need to take up the fight. He loves it when we lose our peace, when we... When we, def- when we believe that we need to defend our opinion or our position. He really loves it. Listen to this. He really loves it when we believe that we need to fix every person that is a problem to us. Have you ever been there? Just me. Let me say that again. He really loves it when we believe that we need to fix every person that is a problem to us. It's not my job and it's not yours. That's not a battle that we should be fighting. We don't need to fight every battle that we face. In fact, it's a mature Christian who knows that it's very wise to choose which battle you will fight. Who's married? Who knows that it's good to choose your battles? Helen. Now, I don't know, like since we've been married, we've been married eight years and I'm a bit of a routine person. I like routine. I like things to stay the same. If Helen moves furniture around the house, I freak out. I like it exactly where it is. Helen loves change. We've spoken about going away on a, on a trip soon, in the next two years or something like that. We're starting to think about that. And I'm going, yeah, I'd just love to get on a, go, go to Europe and I'd love to sit on a bus and just get taken where you've got to go and, and I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to worry about anything. I can just sit there and enjoy. And Helen's going, no! I want, a, I want a, an adventure. I want to I want hire a car and, and drive here and there. I don't know. Last time we were listening to Sat Nav, what happened, Helen, between you and I? It wasn't, it didn't end well. I mean, don't you just want to sit in a bus and just be taken to where you, like, you've got to choose your battles. So at six o'clock every night, I like to sit down and eat my dinner. Is anybody else with me? Come on, Ben. Thank you, brother. Jason, thank you. I've got some people on my side this morning. But do you think Helen can get that? What is it? What is it? Don't you understand? What is it? (laughs) See, I need to choose my battles. Is it worth going to war over? Let me tell you, it's not. 
you know, can I just be serious for a moment? Like, surely our role as Christians is for people to know. Like, I can't. Like, if, 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 if I was to die tomorrow, I'd hope you would know that my message is that God loves people. That his grace is for everyone, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, and no matter what they've done. That's my message. And, you know, like, what do people know me for? What do they know you for? And, like, the devil just loves it when we get caught up in opinions and we get caught up with what battles we should win. You know, he just loves it when we there's division between us, divisions between churches because we do different things differently. You know, there's this whole thing about blacking out the church. My goodness me, how many people have spoken about that and said, we don't need to black out the church because Christ is light. And then other people say, we need to black out the church because we need young people. I just want people to know that God loves them and has a plan and a purpose for them. Why do we get caught up in stuff like that? When, When outsiders see us arguing over blacking out the church, what good is that? The King James Version, who knows about that? There are people out there that are saying you can only read the King James Version. And they've gone so far as to say that if you don't read the King James Version, you're not hearing the word of God. Ah! Ah! The Bible verse that changed my life forever is NIV. And apparently NIV version is not the right version because it's missed out a couple of scriptures here and there, but they forget that scriptures are intertwined and they connect. So if it's not necessarily saying it there, it's saying it over here. Come on, church, why are we arguing over the version of a Bible when there is lost and broken and hurting people out there that need to hear the word of God. They need to hear that Jesus loves them and has a plan and a purpose for them. The one saved, always saved. Come on. Come on. How many of us have got caught up in that distraction? You know, I'm learning that it's not my battle to fight. If somebody comes to me and says, what do you think about the one saved, always saved? Well, I'm going to say, I don't know. I just know that Jesus loves you and has a plan and a purpose for you. I don't know. Like, whenever I look at the ministry of Jesus, I don't see him defending his position. What are we getting caught up in? What are these battles that we don't need to fight? The devil will tell you and he'll tell me, Not only do we need to fight every battle that we face, that we must win every battle that we face because after all, we're right. I'm right. So if I'm right, then I've got to win the battle. Yeah? Anybody there? Anybody there? I'm right, I've got to win the battle. Is it really that important? Does it really matter? Sometimes we need to choose to lose the battle so we can win the war. What am I talking about there? The battles of the King James Version, the blacking out of the church, the, the whatever else it might be. Dinner at six o'clock. Once saved, always saved. Like, please, can we just tell people God loves them? That he has a plan and a purpose for them? That he died for their sin no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done? That's our message, surely. 
That's my message. God's grace, for I know I have the plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you. My goodness me, that just that one little verse that's not in the King James. It might be, I've got to remember, but it doesn't say it exactly like that. That NIV version was what changed my life forever. When I read the King James Version, it doesn't read the same, but it's the same word of God. That changed my life forever. I used to think God was out to get me, that he was out to harm me because I knew I'd done wrong. I knew I'd gone places I should never have gone. I knew that I was what was I was deserving of, and I was deserving of it. His punishment, his wrath, because I did things that I should never have done. But when I said, when I read that, it says, "Plans not to harm you." My whole life changed forever. The God I know is so different to the God I knew many years ago. And yes, there is a consequence to sin. And yes, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, there's a consequence to that. And I know where you'll be spending eternity. That's the truth of the word of God. But I know where I'm spending eternity. It's got nothing to do with what I did other than to believe that Jesus died for my sin. What are we fighting over? What battles should we just let go of? What's important? What really matters? Is it worth going over, over into battle over? Should I lose the battle? So I can win the war. The winning the war is about getting people to know the love of Christ. It's about getting people to make the decision to follow Christ. Isn't that the war? The battle over the King James Version, the once saved, always saved, or blacking out the church. Really? Really? Do we want to lose people over that? Do we want people to see us as, as people that are just arguing over stuff that really, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, if the church needs to be blacked out so we can get younger people in and that's what they want, I think the Bible I read says something like this, die to myself and put others ahead of me. I want to see the next generation coming through. I don't want to be like some of the other churches that have have stuck to religion, stuck to man's tradition, that don't want to change because they like it that way and they've always done it that way. Well, you keep liking it that way. You keep doing how you do it, but your church is dying. There's no young people coming through. What's What's the war that we want to win? Now, I'm not saying we should black out the church. This, can I have that on record? You got that taped? I'm not saying we need to black out the church. But I'm saying let's not get caught up in battles that we don't need to fight. We all face battles that are not of our own making. 20 minutes? I've only been going five, Jason. Who put that clock on? Who made the rules? We will face battles that come out of nowhere. There are battles that are not of our own making. But hopefully we are mature enough to recognize that we've caused the problem and we're willing to stop fighting the battle by saying that we're sorry. And then, of course, there are the battles for you and I that are just too big for us. Can I let you in on a secret? And then, of course, there are battles that are just too big for you and I. The secret is most battles are. See, I only know what I know in my limited, from my limited perspective. God knows everything. 
So who better to fight my battles? The God that knows my yesterday knows your yesterday, the God that knows today and the God that knows tomorrow. Who better to fight our battles? Who better to trust? Most of the battles we fight are too big for us. If we want to live more peace-filled lives, then admit that most of the battles we face are just too big for us and allow God to fight for us. You know, I've lost count of the number of times I've tried to fix somebody. (laughs) Anybody? And I've lost the battle. And if I'm not careful, I may have even lost the war. So when we face a battle, no matter what size or shape it is, what should we do? What should we do? Like, you know, if I stood here today and, and said I was all holy and religious and spiritual, I'd be saying every time I face a battle, I go to God straight away. I would be a hypocrite. I'm doing this journey with you, church. We're all the same. We're all frail. We're all human. If you're like me, and I'm sure you are, your flesh rises up. Wants to have its own way, wants to tell people what to do, wants to organize, wants to control, wants to manipulate. When I face a battle, my first response is usually, it's usually worry, fear, panic, all those things that Jehoshaphat did. But what did Jehoshaphat do after he got over the initial shock of some very bad news? Let's look at what he did. Is that okay? 2 Chronicles 21 to 9, NIV version. After this, here we go, the Moabites, is that right? The Amatites, Ammonites, sort of, and some of the Midianites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. Edom. From the other side of the Dead Sea, verse 3, alarmed, Joseph had resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of a new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors... Are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all kingdoms of all nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to their descendants, to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name and we will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. That's what Jehoshaphat did. He went after God. Even though he panicked, even though he was afraid, even though he was fearful, he sought after, he sought the presence of God. He went looking to God. He, he took his eyes off the circumstances and he started looking to God. That's what we need to do when we get a bad report. 
You know, the enemy, as I said before, he loves it when we get caught up in battles. One of the battles we should never get caught up with is trying to control or fix other people. It's not my job. Do you know I have enough drama going? Don't I, Helen? I have enough drama in my own life without taking on somebody else's drama. No? Anybody? Come on, who has drama in their life? Do they need to be worried about somebody else's drama? I don't think so. You know, my peace is my responsibility. Next, I'm, I'm committed to this. Next, next time somebody tries to draw me into gossip, when they say things to me like, oh, what about so-and-so? Or what do you think about another ministry? I'm just going to say, well, I don't. I don't. You know, we as Christians can be asked to give a, an opinion or a headline about a headline. We as Christians can be asked to give an opinion about a headline. You know, and a lot of the time, I don't have all the facts. I have only heard a little bit about something. Yet I get drawn into giving an opinion about everything. <laughs> Anybody else? And if we're really honest, we like to answer that person like we know all the answers. Come on. I'm learning it's better to just say, I don't, I don't have an opinion or I don't know enough to comment about that. You know, one of the hardest things I'm learning to do is to do nothing. In fact, it takes strength of character to obey God when he says to you, no, you are not to fight this battle. This is especially true when it's, it's the obvious thing to do. You know, years before this moment in time when Jehoshaphat resolved, uh, sorry, received the bad news, the Israelites actually had an opportunity to fight the very nations that were coming up against them. As they were leaving Egypt, they wanted to invade and destroy these very nations which were now threatening them. Yet God told them, no. You're not to invade and destroy them. You're to go around them. You're not to fight them. Even though they had obeyed, had obeyed God, look at what was now happening. It appeared as though God had got it wrong. Have you ever been in that place where you believe God's got it wrong? Come on. Have you ever been in that place where you believe God's got it wrong? In this moment of time, it looked like all they had been obedient to God and it looked like all hell was about to break loose. It looked like they shouldn't have listened to God. As I read this, it reminded me of the times when I wanted to make things happen, when I've seen an opportunity to take on the next battle, but God has told me, no, John, you're not to have, not to fight this battle. Listen to this. This is what God says to me sometimes. Shut your mouth. Say nothing. Do nothing. Don't retaliate. Don't defend yourself. You're not to fight this battle. I will fight it for you. But God, it's not fair, I say. They're getting away with it. Don't you see what they're doing? Am I just a doormat? Come on. Don't you care about what they're doing or what they've just said or done to me? Then I hear Jesus whisper into my ear. My flesh is crying out, no, I'm going to tell that person this, I'm going to tell... It's not fair. 
I'm sick of being a doormat. Can't I just say something? Come on. And God says, no. You're not to fight this battle. See, I want you to win the war, John. I want you to win the war. I want people to know my love. I want people to come to know Christ. I want to see many more in heaven with you. You're not to fight this fight. When I, want to, I feel like I'm a doormat, and I say, Jesus, please, just let me say something. I hear these words. Matthew five thirty nine. However, I say to you, this is Jesus. Do you think we should listen to what Jesus says? Do we take him at his word? When he says to do something, do we do it? No. Come on. I've not always done it. I'm being real. But this is what Jesus says to me when I want to retaliate, when I want to correct, when I want to defend myself or even defend God. This is what he says. However, I say to you, don't repay an evil act with another evil act. But whoever insults you by slapping you on the right cheek, turn the other to him as well. I just got to keep being a doormat. Oh, it's so great following Christ. My life is just so wonderful. I'm just a doormat. Sometimes I feel like that. But I want to win the war. I don't want to fight battles. I want to win the war. I want people to know the love of Christ. Am I getting my message across this morning, church? My job is to obey his instruction no matter what circumstances look like. My job is to obey his instruction. His job is to provide and to protect me. Just like the Israelites who were obedient to God as they came out of Egypt, I have been in that place where it looked like my obedience made no sense at all. And in fact, my circumstances were getting worse. But then I just have to remind myself the battle's not mine to fight and God will fight my battle for me. We see in 2 Chronicles 20.12, where Jehoshaphat calls out to God, we are powerless against this mighty army. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. When we feel powerless, when we're afraid, when we're fearful because of some bad news, when we don't know what to do, then we need to make it a priority to seek the face of God. And like Jehoshaphat, we need to resolve Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. God said in 2 Chronicles 20.15, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God. You know, it's pretty clear to me that God knows how to fight my battles better than I do. When the Israelites obeyed God by not taking up the fight, God took care of the rest. We read further down, and this is I talked earlier before. You know, this is just such a great story. Because when they obeyed God, he fought the battle, he won the victory, and they received all the spoils of war. See, when we, when we walk by faith, when we trust God, when we stop trying to do things in our own strength, when we stop trying to control, when we stop trying to connect, when we stop trying to manipulate, when we allow God to do it, when we allow God to fight our battles, guess what happens? Not only will he win the battle, but we'll receive all the spoils of war. How cool is that if I could have the band up, please? 2 Chronicles 20, 24, it says this. This is, this is, after, this is af, after the um, the three armies had fought against each other. But see, God set a trap, and they started fighting against each other. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, listen, this is what they saw. 
They saw only dead bodies lie on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. And they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could ever take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. You know, in my walk, that's what I'm finding with my God. When I leave it to him, he gives me everything that I need plus more. That is the reality. Like, we're just knocked over by how blessed God has been to Helen and I. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We say wrong things. My flesh cries out sometimes, especially if somebody turns in front of me in the car. Come on. Like, we're just doing it tough sometimes, aren't we, Helen? Sometimes it is tough. It's been tough. You know, pastoring your church sometimes can be tough. Helen and I have exactly the same motive, the same goal. We want people to know Christ. Yet Helen has a different way of getting there to me. And if we're not careful, we can allow our opinions to get in the way of God's work. And I'm learning. I'm not there. (laughs) I'm learning, aren't I, honey? That it doesn't always have to go my way. In fact, there's great wisdom a lot of the time when I say, okay, we'll do it your way. Who knows that God speaks to men. This is so sad. No, it's not. It's wonderful. That God speaks to men through their wife. Who knows that? It's true. Vice versa. God will speak through me to Helen. We need to stop worrying about winning battles so that we can win the war. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.